Tuning you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. All right, well, welcome right. to the LBX Daily Show, everybody. Yes, hi, guys. How's everybody doing today? All right, and we got Christine live. Where are you live from, Christine? I am currently in Las Vegas at the CES convention, um, touring the floor, uh, checking out kind of all the new innovative uh, technology that is coming out this year. And it's been fascinating so far. I've just got here, so I'm just setting up. So things are a little bit rough on my side today, but that's okay. We've got some pretty neat things uh, that we're going to check out while we're here and be able to share with you guys. That's awesome. Uh, so actually, I went... Yeah, I went to the the show innovation uh, booth to kind of check out some of the new things that uh, we're launching this year. And I'm going to share this little video with you guys so you can kind of see um, some of the new technology around solar energy that's uh, uh, going on. So let me just pull this up on the stage and take a listen. So this is SQPB Glass from NQS Company Limited. They have developed the most advanced and efficient energy harvesting clear solar glass in the world today. This innovative glass not only generates electricity from sunlight, but can also harness energy from invisible light, even in dimly lit interior settings on a cloudy day. SQPV glass can effectively convert light into an electric into electricity by layering nanomaterials that contribute to the generation of various types of electricity in a structured sandwich between two sheets of conductive glass. It can be harvested. It can harvest light from both sides of the glass, and the technology outperforms any other existing solution, producing more power per unit. Isn't that cool? Like, can yeah. you just imagine all the uses for something like this? Oh, I mean, it's basically it's basically like photosynthesis, but for manufactured materials. And I think that's what's awesome is like, you know, this is exactly what plants are doing all day long is harvesting energy from light. So uh, the fact that we can now do this in a like a significantly more efficient way than solar panels. Obviously that's what solar panels do is harvest energy, but this is getting to the point of like real true photosynthesis. And like, imagine, you know, all these glass buildings and they're just layered with this dual layer glass that's you know, sucking, sucking electricity from, from the ambient, yeah, uh, any ambient light. Yeah, absolutely. All the windows in your house now become ways to actually generate electricity into your house. So you can become, uh, your foot, your footprint changes entirely, right? And the glass changes entirely and how you get energy changes entirely. Like it's absolutely insane. Yeah, I think I think what's interesting is then depending on the level of energy efficiency that it contributes to the in interior, like for example, you know, if I put in dual pane glass, like obviously it's dual pane with a membrane in between, like it was, like you mentioned there. But if the dual pane glass obviously holds the heat in or the cool air in um, and creates energy efficiency. But one of the reasons why we don't put a lot of glass on our on our houses typically is because it lets in a lot of light, which then lets in heat and it like has an impact on energy efficiency. But if adding glass actually helps improve my overall energy profile of my home, then like our house architecture could change as well pretty significantly. Yeah, that'll, that'll be the interesting thing to see how things like that'll have to adjust and change for this to actually be usable. Like in my mind, I'm envisioning it like this big glass panel and then you take your, your plug in and you plug into the side of it to draw energy out of it. I know it won't be so archaic. There'll actually be a different way to do it. Uh, but, you know, I've got to wrap my red head around how we will actually extract the energy out of that and, you know, funnel it directly into the houses. 
Yeah, I imagine that it'll just feed in the similar way that our you know, solar panels feed into the grid. It'll feed back into the you know to the, your like home grid, and then you're either able to store that energy in a battery, or it'll feed all the way back to the grid, and then you know you're able to draw it and let you know they'll have the storage offsite, you know, as part of the power company versus the storage onsite. I think where things get really interesting is when we begin to have much more robust storage onsite through through battery power, you know, battery packs versus feeding it back to the grid. Because the problem, you know, I always have with sending electricity back to the grid through solar power is that you're losing, you are losing energy through the transmission across the power lines. And so you're like, you've, you've done all this good work of like gathering energy during the day, sending it back to the grid, losing energy that you've collected back to the grid, and then losing energy mm-hmm. as you draw it back to your house again at night. And if you just store it right there on site and then pull that power at nighttime, gets to be a lot more, you know, your energy loss is, is less obviously. And so Absolutely. You know, overall energy. So anyway, it's cool. It's great. And I think what I like about this is that it's really beginning to push our advancement in material science to the next level. And, and I think that's where we're going to see a lot of significant advancement is just a nano nanotechnology and development of, of new materials that allow us to do innovative things. Yeah. And there's been so much of this on the floor out here that I've seen already. I just haven't had a chance to capture it yet. So hopefully over the next couple of days, I'll have an opportunity to capture this and share a little bit more of some of these neat things that we're seeing here. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so some other cool things that are happening is uh, just read that Cali Express by Flippy is just opening or has just opened in Pasadena, California. So this is the first location. It's a f- the world's first fully autonomous AI powered restaurant. And I think the AI powered is probably a bit of a stretch. They're probably using the AI powered, but it is a, a fully robotic, fully autonomous restaurant. And so it's actually a cal- uh, collaboration between Cali Group. Um, and then they're using, uh, you know, basically using technology to transform their dining and retail. So Misa Robotics is the creator of Flippy. And this is the world's first AI powered robotic fry station. And then Pop ID, which is actually a technology company that simplifies orders and payments via facial recognition and biometrics. And so uh, the restaurant has grill and fry stations. They're fully automated, powered by, again, AI and robotics. And so the guests can watch how the food is cooked. Uh, they can check in with their Pop ID accounts on self-ordering kiosks. The only thing that they that is uh, still human staffed is anything guest service related. And then the humans do ultimately take the cooked food and package it up and then hand it over. So it isn't fully autonomous in the sense that like there's no humans involved at all, but the cooking is. And um, yeah, I know you have a video and, and, and you, you came across this story too, actually simultaneously as, as, as I did. Yeah. Are you ready here? I'll hear this. Yeah. Let's do this. A new era of dining is about to begin with the launch of Cali Express by Flippy, the world's first fully autonomous restaurant powered by artificial intelligence. This innovative venture is the result of a collaboration between Miso Robotics, a leader in AI powered cooking robots, Cali Group and Pop ID pioneers in digital ordering and payment systems. At Cali Express by Flippy, customers will enjoy delicious meals prepared by Miso's robotic cooks, who can handle all cooking tasks quickly and precisely. The restaurant is conveniently located in a prime retail location in Pasadena, California, on the northwest corner of Green Street and Madison Avenue at 561 East Green Street. Utilizing the most advanced food technology systems, grill, and fry stations are fully automated and powered by cutting-edge AI and robotics. Guests can also use their Pop ID accounts to access personalized recommendations, make easy and fast payments, 
and get loyalty rewards on self-ordering kiosks. KaliExpress by Flippy offers a very simple menu featuring freshly crafted burgers made from a premium Wagyu blend at price points competitive with other premium burgers using standard meat. A grill robot grinds the high-quality beef in real-time after the order is placed, resulting in a burger patty that melts in the mouth. And that's not all, their robotic fry station, Flippy, ensures that the accompanying French fries are crispy and hot, made from top-grade potatoes that are always cooked to exact times. The menu is very simple, comprising burgers, cheeseburgers, and French fries. One of the key advantages of this fully automated restaurant is it not only improves the quality and so I think what's interesting about that is, well, one, the precision in which the food can be cooked, but obviously once you remove the cooks, you can increase and improve the quality of the food and the quality of the meat that you're, you know, that you're ultimately using. So being able to use Wagyu beef that's freshly ground versus, you know, the standard meats that are maybe frozen or freshly, even if they're freshly packed, um, you know, you're able to increase the quality of the food and still keep the price point down. Yeah. And so I was actually trying to figure out what they were charging for a hamburger and a meal. And so I went online to actually book myself a slot just to kind of see what the price was, but I wasn't able to actually book anything. It kept saying that the system was down. So I don't know if that means that they were fully booked or if there's just an issue going on with their system. Um, but it, a little further in the video as well, it's kind of interesting because you watch the robot mm, almost kind of malfunction in a sense where it has the basket um, with the fire up above and it drops it and it kind of like splashes down into the oil. And I thought, okay, yeah, that, that could be dangerous if you have a human being around. So those are the kind of things that are going to have to be watched. And then also this location has a museum attached to it where you can actually go through and look at the different pieces of the robot and how it's all built together. And so you get a better understanding of how the, the whole system is working. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. I mean, I know people have been buying the Flippy for a while just to use independently. And from my understanding, the actual Flippy arm that does the, like the Flippy fry station is only $4,000. So it's actually pretty reasonable when you think about what a, a you know, a line cook or a fry cook is going to cost from a, you know, not even counting reliability or everything else. So I think you're going to see a lot more of this. And this is just a good showcase for their product, for their, you know, for their offering. I think the one that's yeah. more interesting to me is the whole burger system, because obviously Flippy is the fry station, but the whole, the, the burger component with the fresh ground meat and, you know, the flipping of the burgers right. and the well-timed, like it's so hard to get a good quality, well-crafted, you know, fast food burger. And Certainly. this could really be a game changer. And, and towards the end of this video as well, which is also interesting, everyone will have to go take a peek at it so they can watch the whole thing. But it actually shows how it determines if the burger is done or not. So it looks at it and it looks at the color of the patty versus a fresh patty and what a cooked patty looks like so that it knows the actual burger is completed and finished. It's very interesting. Um, and But yeah. I wonder how accurate could it be? Like, does the color ever shift? If the lighting changes, does that make any impact on it? And is there any chance that raw burgers are actually being delivered to customers? Yeah, that's so. interesting. I mean, I think the one, <laughs> at least at this point, the one benefit is that you still have a human touching the food before it goes out to the other. So I mean, there, there's probably some level of quality control there that may or may not be yeah, happening. exactly. With the humans right now, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, speaking of other weird food things, um, I found this story a little while ago and I want to share with you guys because I think it's hilarious. But um, there is a new Guinness Book World Record pizza. It has a thousand and one different types of cheese on it. And uh, it is... It's crazy. Let's bring it up and I'm going to show you some pictures. So um, here's a picture of the cheese that they actually use for uh, creating the pizza. But it 
it was created using 940 different French cheeses and 61 other cheeses from all over the world. Um, it was put together by two French chefs, uh, Benoit Bruel and Fabien Montiano. And it was they created this pizza by adding two gram cubes. You can kind of see how the, the cheese was cut up here. Um, and they put it onto a pizza crust that they had uh, already par-baked, essentially. Um, so you can see how all the pizza and the cheese is actually stacked up here. They had to use a metal ring, kind of like you would when you're creating a cheesecake that would went around the crust so that could hold all that cheese in when they were creating and stacking on each other. And then they stuck it in the oven and they baked it. And uh, the metal uh, ring actually kept the cheese in so it didn't melt everywhere. They pulled it out, took the ring off, and... Um, they ended up getting this beauty here. <laughs> here are the people responsible, the chefs holding their master creation. Um, apparently, it took them five months to travel all around the world to get the cheeses that they actually needed to accomplish this feat. Um, what do you think? I think <laughs> it's it absolutely disgusting. Cool? I think, I, I think <laughs> like, I have no desire to even be in the same room with that thing because it's got to smell so bad with all those other random weird types of cheeses. Like some of those cheeses smell so terribly and I just oh. don't even have a desire to even taste that thing. Well, and apparently they had to get really creative and they had to know their cheeses because what they ended up doing is putting the harder cheeses on the bottom and then stacking the softer cheeses on top. Like I just can't even imagine organizing a thousand of one different cheeses like that. Yeah. <laughs> just well, crazy. And I'm sure I'm sure some of them have like different melting points and like, that's why you look at that pizza and it looks like some, some of the soft cheeses are probably like super gooey and melty. And then the other one's like barely melted at all. So you're like just yeah. eating this like raw piece of cheese basically with your pizza. So anyway, do you, I mean, did you know that they actually cut and slice the, the pizza and eat it? Did they, did they try it? Apparently they did, but I haven't got any feedback from anybody or didn't say if it tasted good or for it, you know what I mean, what the ultimate outcome was. But um, yeah, very interesting experience uh, or experiment for them. And um, I guess I, they're in the world Guinness Book of Rock, World Records. We'll have to see what the next pizza that comes out that'll uh, beat this uh, mark. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if anybody else is going to want to spend five to six months driving, you know, flying around and traveling the world collecting cheese just to make a pizza. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I hope they got good enough recognition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, hopefully, it brought some business to their uh, to their pizza shop or whatever. So, yes. uh, well, interesting. Well, so there is the EAG show is coming up. So you're at CES show right now. So EAG is the Entertainment, Amusement, and Gaming International Expo. So EAG is you know those of us in the industry are familiar with it. It's the premier coin operated amusements event for the leisure industry and. The event for this year is taking place from the 16th of January to the 18th of January at Excel in London. That's our big convention center in London. And one of the companies that's going to be there is Conductor. And we've talked about these guys in the past. Conductor with, you know, they're, they're basically a, a UK-based innovation studio. Um, they've started a product division a few months back, I think in the middle of the summer, called GameVolt. And one of the first products that they developed was their supercharged shuffle. And so the supercharged shuffle is actually going to be showcased at the EAG. They're going to be at stand E54, but uh, it's basically an electrified, they call it an electrified social gaming experience. It's basically electric, um, like electric uh, high-tech shuffleboard. So, you know, that's basically what it is. And it's already really popular. I'll go ahead and, and pull up the... Uh, you know, their thing here. So it's already been used in a number of locations. In fact, as you can see in some of the pictures, like this is their little promo piece, but here's some pictures where it's actually in place at Dave and Buster's. So this is one of the places where it's available. Dave and Buster's have, have renamed it and they call it their social shuffle. 
and you know there's pictures some pictures of them playing it and what what's kind of cool about this is you know you can play the standard shuffleboard game but then you can also play they have other games as well so there's a camera that faces down on the onto the board and tracks the location of the shuffleboard or the actual um I don't even know what you call them I don't play shuffleboard that often oh, but yeah, the, uh, I think it's that oh no the rock is it a rock the rocks well I know it's a rock in in uh, curling but I think it's the puck right. in in shuffleboard but anyway um, you play these different games and then this is projected, you know, the project, like the results of where it is is projected up on the screen. So it's not actually digitally projected onto the board. It's on a screen that's on the back of the board and then keeps score automatically. And, you know, I think like, uh, look, while I don't believe this is going to solve Dave and Buster's problems, uh, I do think that this is a really innovative next step for the shuffleboard. And especially when you add in like the bar seats and all the lighting and the interactivity, like I think this does actually become a really interesting addition to a bar or to a restaurant section of your family entertainment center. And I'll just read the stats here. This is a quote from, from somebody there. In just one month, one UK venue saw a 30 pound increase from investing in three of our supercharged, uh, supercharged shuffle tables with all fully booked from Thursday to Sunday and then a rise in their midweek custom and significant additional spend behind the bar. So they're definitely seeing a real revenue impact when they're putting these things in. So um, interesting to see how, you know, maybe it does help Dave and Busters. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this thing? Yeah. I mean, it is pretty interesting. I, I actually thought, and I saw the article that I didn't have a chance to peruse through it this morning was I thought it was actually going to be shining something down on the shuffle board and it was going to be a little bit more interactive, but from what I'm gathering here, it's just at the back and you see um, everything as you're pushing the, the, the rock or sorry, the, uh, the, the puck, puck. Um, the puck, you know, down the table. So I don't know, I guess I was hoping it would be more immersive and uh, it would be a bit more interactive than this. I mean, I would be willing to give it a try, but I just, I don't know. It doesn't get me too excited, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, so I think one, yeah, would love to see digital projection mapping and maybe at some point they'll, they'll work closely with touch magics to take some of their technology and infuse it on top of the board. You do have the interactivity. It just happens to be on a screen instead. So it's more like you're playing a video game that in the, but your controller happens to be the actual pucks on the board versus it being right there on the board. So mm-hmm. it's probably like the next step before they have that over the top. And look, I'm not a big shuffleboard person. I think it's a big piece, but if it can go into your bar, you drop two or three of these into the bar section of your family entertainment center and it helps drive some additional revenue through social gaming and you charge for the tables, then yeah, I think that 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 becomes interesting. You know, it's like no different than putting in interactive darts or axe throwing. And frankly, I'd much rather put in some shuffleboard than axe throwing um, all, you know, I'd put in this all day yeah. long. And throwing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is perfect for socializing. And obviously you can see there's a group of people all gathered around and they have something more fun to look at than just, uh, you know, the person on the other side playing shuffleboard that they're playing shuffleboard against. So yeah, I mean, let's, let's just keep our eye on it and see how it does. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps up our LBX daily for today and Christine's first day, like one hour, two hours. Already. One hour into the show here. <laughs> so tomorrow will be a better day. We'll have more fun, interesting things to share with you. Yeah. I'm super excited to see what you're coming across out there. And to all you LBXers, have a great day. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. Take care, everybody. 